0: Rather than you dropping into a meeting and sharing your work and being like, I hope they like it so that I can feel confident about it, you have to flip that around and be like, I am confident about it and that's why they're going to like it. I want you to remember that leaders make the first move so you have to make the first move to believe in your work believe in your ideas believe in your suggestions believe in your projects believe in your content and share it with your audience from that energy so that they can believe in it too welcome to the art of speaking up a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them i'm your host jessica guzzik And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now onto the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you're doing well. I always get in a very nostalgic mood when I'm recording these episodes for the end of the year because it's all like cozy and the holidays are coming up, and I'm reflecting on the year. So, just feeling very excited to record this episode. And if you are newer to the podcast and you've discovered it recently, a lot of people have been finding it for the first time, welcome, you are in the right place if you are an ambitious female professional who wants to do big things in her career, but who is in process of working through imposter syndrome and finding your voice and learning to be more confident and take up space in meetings that is what this podcast is all about. That's what my coaching work is all about. I support you through this podcast, and I support my private clients through my one-on-one and group coaching programs in really building the internal confidence and capabilities that they need to thrive in their roles, have a really big impact, and become powerful, influential leaders. I'm so excited about today's episode because... I've been reflecting on a topic that I hear so often from my clients. This comes up so, so, so often. And it's something that is really, really nuanced. And I've been trying to find ways to pull it apart and speak about it in a way that'll be really digestible for you and really easy for you to implement. And what I'm talking about is something that you might have experienced again i hear it so much but it's when you're getting feedback that relates to your growth in your professional environment that feels a little bit mixed or a little bit inconsistent so typically the pattern that i see with this is that you want to grow you want to be seen as a leader you want to be on a track to promotion like you don't want to stagnate and you're being told that your work is really good, like that you do good work, you execute good work, but that people aren't seeing the leadership capabilities that they need to see from you in your role. And this feedback can be really confusing and it can be really maddening. (laughs) like It can be crazy making because it's a little bit like, okay, so you're telling me that my work is good. And that's why you don't want to promote me. Or that's why you don't have 100% faith in my ability to step into this next role or this big project or this big leadership position. And this is a really nuanced topic. It's one that I have a deep understanding of because of the coaching work that I do and the specific work that I do is all about helping women cultivate that exact piece that is being asked of you to show people that you have what it takes to ascend into leadership. And it's this very nuanced distinction between being really good at executing versus having the certainty and the confidence and almost the swagger of a leader. They're two very, very different things because execution is not leadership. Leadership is very, very different than execution. And today I'm gonna share one thread that I think is going to be really helpful in understanding this, especially if this is feedback that you've gotten, that people need to see more evidence that you're a leader. Now, here's some context that I want to give you before I dive into this, which is that there's a lot of different threads to this, but I don't want to overcomplicate this topic. So the way that I want you to think about this is like for you to show people around you that you are a leader not just an executor that you can handle the bigger role i want you to think about it as like there's a toolbox of tools that you need to do that and in today's episode we're pulling out one tool from the toolbox and what that one tool is going to help people see this from you and that tool is the ability to sell people on your work and on your perspective. This is something that I'm intimately, intimately familiar with because I have sold people on my perspective in my corporate career. I had to get buy-in from very high level executives throughout the entirety of my career. And I've actually learned the art of sales through running my business. So selling people on an idea or a goal or a direction is something that I have become familiar with from so many different angles. So it is so easy and clear for me to see with my clients where they aren't selling others on their perspective because they aren't sold themselves they have an uncertainty within themselves around whether their work is good and whether their perspective is right and because they aren't even sold within themselves they present it to others in a very passive way and people pick up on that energy and are thinking oh well this work seems good but i don't know i'm not feeling that confident about it so What I wanna start with in order to help you with this is the idea that sharing information with your audience is not the same as persuading them. This is really, really important. So sharing information, all I have to do is tell you the information. I don't need you to agree with me, I don't need you to like it, I just need to make sure you know the information. It reminds me of when you buy an appliance or you buy something, you order an appliance on Amazon and it comes with the little like booklet of instructions and like the little booklet of warranties, you know, little booklets that come with the things you buy. I don't think any of us have ever opened that booklet and. Had our lives change and our minds blown, and been like, oh my gosh, this toaster instruction booklet has me feeling some kind of way. No, no, no. We just throw it out because it's just boring information. So that's kind of like what comes to mind for me when I think about sharing information. It's just like, you bought the toaster. We got to tell you how to use it because that's something we have to do as a toaster company. Here's the booklet. Whereas influencing is very, very different when we're influencing. Of course, we are sharing information with our audience, but with a very specific goal of having them agree, having them buy in, having them come join us on the next step that we are about to take. Now, one of the first barriers that gets in the way of so many women exuding leadership, as they should, because you are all brilliant, right? So I'm not like, talking down to you here and telling you about all the things you're doing wrong. I'm telling you about all the places where you're not allowing your full brilliance to shine through and be seen by your audience. But one of the first reasons that, you know, gets in the way of you doing that is this idea that when you speak, when you share your work, when you're part of a conversation in your mind, there isn't a distinction between sharing information versus persuading. You just think I'm sharing information. And that's the first thing that gets in the way because what you want to be doing is showing your audience not just what you think, Not just what you're working on, but why it's good, why they should be on board with it. So you can't just say, here's my idea, here's my project, but you have to do that in a way where they're like, she seems like she knows what she's talking about here and like, this is a good idea. It must be a really good idea. Now, here's where the plot thickens and here's where this gets a little more complicated and here's the second barrier to exuding that leadership and people releasing you as an authority is that you have to be sold yourself before you can persuade someone else. So let's just take an example that is really basic and seems really innocent on the surface, because I want to show you how dramatic the contrast would be. Let's say you did a project and the project's already done. There's no decisions to be made. Like the project is finished And you are having a meeting to share the findings of the project with your audience. So this is a great example, because in this example, because the project is already done, you could almost argue in your mind like, oh, well, like there's nothing to persuade my audience of the project is done. I'm literally just sharing information. I'm literally just telling them what happened on this project. But it's that exact thought process that you're having that's causing you to often, it's causing you to show up and share the information in a way that doesn't have your audience seeing you as a leader. So when you come in and you share these findings with your audience, if you approach it as like, okay, this project happened. And now I have to like share this with them and get this information across to them. They're going to have an experience of like, is this important? Does this matter? Why are we here? Why are we learning about this project? Because you're approaching it as sharing information. But when you approach it as I'm persuading and I'm here to show them something important and get them on board and you share the information from that energy, then your audience has an experience of like, oh, like this project happened, whoa, what was that? What did we learn? And all of a sudden, they're having a very different experience of what you're sharing, even though it's quote unquote exactly the same. So as a very concrete example, here's what it could look like to kick off a meeting when you're in information sharing mode versus persuasion mode. In information sharing mode, you might say, hey everyone thank you so much for coming to this meeting as you know we just finished project xyz and we have the results so we're going to be reading out what we found what we discovered what it means for the business and how we're going to be wrapping up this project and moving on to the next one so that's like you're just sharing the information right you're going to tell them what happened in this project Versus if you're in persuasion mode, you might kick off the meeting like this. You might say, hey, everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to walk you through the findings of Project XYZ. We finished the project so it's done, but we discovered some really useful insights that affect our business and that are probably going to impact the choices that we make next quarter and next year. So I'm going to be walking you through these, sharing the discoveries and facilitating a discussion on what this means for us going forward and why we should be using these findings to inform our strategic decisions for the next quarter and the next year ahead. Okay, so already, even just in that introduction, I've taken up so much more space because I'm really selling them on why the findings of this project matter, where they connect to the business, why this is so important. I'm gonna get much better engagement from my audience because all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is going to affect our business plans for next quarter, this project seems really important. It sounds like she discovered these really useful things, right? So in the first scenario, I just took what was there. I took the information and I shared it with my audience. But in the second scenario, I slowed down and asked myself, why is this important? Why am I very excited about the results of this project? What does this mean for my audience? Why do we all really need to be paying attention? I asked myself those questions before I share it with my audience. And because I've asked myself those questions, I share it in a very different way. And instead of my audience being like, this meeting is going to be a snooze fest, Now my audience is thinking, oh, I I better perk up and listen, this sounds important. And when they have that experience of, I better perk up and listen, this sounds important, they're also going to have different thoughts about me as the leader or facilitator of the meeting, right? So if I'm just sharing the information in a very straightforward way, I'm going to be very forgettable as the person leading the meeting, but when I'm persuading my audience and bringing them along with me in that more influential way, suddenly I'm taking up more space and my audience is much more aware of me as the leader, my presence, my role in the project. I don't get so lost in the delivery because I am the engine, the power behind the delivery. I am driving what is making the delivery interesting and engaging. So again, on the surface, this is a really basic example. You have an audience, you need to update them on what you found, right? But in one situation, they see you as the execution person who's just there to get the project done, and in the other situation, they see you as the leader. Now, I wanna give you some tangible tips and some tangible mindset work because I'm all about the mindset work all day, every day. Love mindset work to help you get into this mode and to help you communicate and share information and lead meetings and lead projects from that second energy, that energy of persuasion, that energy of influence, that energy of a leader. Now, here's the thing that is so important in all of this is that for you to powerfully guide your audience through what you're sharing and for you to present it to them in a way that positions you as a leader and makes them want to listen and makes them see how important it is, you have to first be sold on the fact that your work is really good and really important. And this is where so many People fall off this process because they're questioning their work. They don't think their work is good. They don't think it's important. They don't think that they're super smart. They don't have these empowering thoughts and beliefs about their work. So they go to share it with people and they're looking for their audience to help them believe that their work is good. So it's like I'm bringing this presentation to my audience hoping that they like it so that I can feel confident about it. And they feel that energy from me. And that is not a CEO energy. That is not an energy that makes them see me as a leader. And I'm not the leader. They're leading. They're leading my feelings. I'm waiting for them to tell me how to feel about my own work. So if it feels hard for you to take up space in the way that I'm suggesting and to really own a room in that way, it could be because of the way that you relate to your work and yourself, right? You first have to have that conviction about the work that you do in order to pull your audience along in that way, in order to take up that space, and in order to really share it like a true leader. And so one of the first things that has to happen for you to persuade an audience to influence them, to pull them along, to have them really see you as their guide, their leader, someone who's in charge, someone who knows your stuff, is you've got to feel that inside you first and be able to do that for yourself first. You have to understand why your work is so good and be clear on that in your mind before you go out and show it to other people. So rather than you dropping into a meeting and sharing your work and being like, I hope they like it so that I can feel confident about it, you have to flip that around and be like, I am confident about it and that's why they're going to like it. So you are leading, you are coming in with the conviction that it's important, the conviction that it's high quality, and that's what brings your audience along, and that's what true leadership is, right? Leadership means going first. When we are going first, we can't be waiting for our audience, for our boss, for people around us to give us the conviction we need. If we wanna be the leader, We have to have the conviction first and bring them along. And so if you are getting feedback that you're doing great work, but people aren't seeing that you're a leader, it could be because this is one of the pieces, one of the ingredients, one of the puzzle pieces that is missing. And this is hard and it's vulnerable, right? It's scary to own your work in front of a room full of people before you even know whether they love it or whether they think it's crap, right? It's scary to lean into the belief that your idea is good and to share it with a deep conviction before you know if your audience is going to like it or not. So. It's scary to make the first move. It's scary to be the person who is backing your own ideas the hardest. But if you want to be a leader and you want to be seen as a leader, that is exactly the thing that you need to do. That is exactly the thing that's missing. And so if this is resonating with you, if you're nodding your head, if you're like, yes, I am missing this, what I want you to think about are two different things. The first thing that I want you to think about is your relationship with your work and cultivating a deeper respect for the work that you do. So I, for my coaching work, my one-on-one coaching, my group coaching, I have supervision under um, a clinical psychotherapist. And one of the topics that comes up and something that I've talked about in that space and that I've learned about is this concept of devaluation. Devaluation is where we kind of put someone down. And so many of my clients do this to themselves and you might devalue yourself. And what I wanna invite you to do is notice if you're devaluing your work, if you're not holding your work with like this kind of sacred respect, right? So you really want to do the opposite of devaluing you and your work. You want to respect it Acknowledge how important it is, acknowledge all that went into it, and be really careful about the thoughts that you allow yourself to have about your own work. Because one of the things that needs to shift for you to speak like a leader, exude that leadership, is you have to be in deep respect with the work that you do and you have to stand by it and you have to back your own work, right? For people to trust that you can lead them through something hard, that you can be a leader, you can navigate something hard, you can navigate something bigger, they they need to see you Backing your own stuff, right? Like they need to see that you have that internal strength and that internal capability to come up with something and believe in it and push it forward, right? Without, without needing first to get approval, without needing the feedback first, because that's, that's not what leadership actually is. It's having the courage to back what you do. And so I really want you to think first about your relationship with your work, whether you devalue your work. And I want you to think about What relationship would a CEO have with their work and their ideas, right? Or think of the C-suite at your company, your chief marketing officer. What kind of relationship do they need to have with their marketing plan for the year in order to guide the entire marketing team through a successful year? They can't be like, this is horrible. This is crap. I'm not good at this. They have to stand by it. They have to respect the vision. They have to back it, right? That's what's needed from you. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I want you to work on and be aware of is that you're never, ever, ever just sharing information. Like, There's never a meeting where the only purpose is to give someone a toaster instruction booklet. (laughs) Every meeting that you are leading, that you are in, it's expensive. Add up the hourly salary of each coworker that you have invited to your meeting, right? It's like, This was a $1,000 or more, depending on who's in the meeting and how long it lasts. And it's like, what are you doing with that time? Make sure that you understand that each touchpoint is a chance to rally your coworkers more deeply into whatever it is you're doing. And what you're doing affects them. So them being bought in and excited about it is incredibly, incredibly important because If they weren't impacted by it they wouldn't be in the meeting in the first place so if they're in your meetings they're connected to your work and if they're connected to your work you want to use that opportunity for them to feel like this is an important project for them to see the value for them to be committed to it so that it's not just you running off on your own but it's a bunch of people who are really excited about what you're doing really want to be a part of it and really want to support you when you start doing those things that's when you will start getting feedback that you're showing more leadership. And I know that this can be really intangible. That's why with this episode, I almost kind of hesitate to record this, or I try to make it as simple and straightforward as possible, because The truth is, when it comes to leadership, so much of it is an internal confidence and internal energy. So it's not as straightforward as some of the other things that I teach where I'm like, look, if you go through these three steps, your content will be clear. You'll have strong executive communication. But when we're talking about like that leadership factor, that X factor, it is more intangible. And so I hope that this gives you a sense of some of the places where there is an opportunity for you to step into it more if you're getting that feedback that's feeling very intangible and that's feeling very hard and tricky for you to implement so to summarize this and bring this all together and tie this in a bow if you're getting feedback that you do good work but that you're not demonstrating enough leadership it could be because you aren't sold on the work that you do, and you aren't coming into meetings and spaces with the energy of you are totally sold on it, and you're there to sell your audience on why it's exciting, but instead you're coming in with doubt around the work that you do, kind of waiting for your audience's approval before you can feel confident about it. And I want you to remember that leaders make the first move. So you have to make the first move to believe in your work, believe in your ideas, believe in your suggestions, believe in your projects, believe in your content, and share it with your audience from that energy so that they can believe in it too. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you want to take this work deeper. If you want to develop this X factor within yourself, this is part of my genius as a coach. This is one of the things that I do best is to help women find this in an authentic way within themselves. I do it both through my one-on-one coaching, which you can apply to work with me through my website at justguzzitcoaching.com coaching. And this is also something that I do with my clients inside my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, which you can also join the waitlist for on my website by going to jessguessitcoaching.com slash academy. The next cohort of the academy is launching in the spring and I will be taking on one-on-one clients if you're interested in that throughout 2023. I hope to get to work with you. I hope to get to meet you. I hope to get to keep podcasting for you. I hope all of the things get to continue. I will catch you next week and I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.